Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. You see, we have an example, and our example is the person of Jesus Christ. If, in fact, we compare ourselves amongst one another or by each other, there's two things that happen. One, the first thing that happens is that when we go through this process is we will end up puffing ourselves up. Because we are building ourselves up by comparing and looking to to one another and not seeing the spiritual dynamic of this and just only looking at it from the natural side, comparing to one another. It's going to puff up because some people that are really good at working on cars are really capable of it. And you can say, gosh, I wish I was more like that. I, I just, you know, I just don't have that. So now you're comparing yourself. Now, that person that's there that says, yeah, you're pretty lame, you know. And now, now, that person feels pretty good about themselves, right? But they've compared themselves with someone who is less than and not quite as capable, right? So now that person's puffed up, feels good about themselves, but the other person is reduced, right? He says, no, nah, that's not the way to fly. They're comparing themselves to themselves and amongst themselves. It's not wise. One is pulled down, another is elevated, Another's pulled down, another's elevated. You know, it's not, that's not godly. That's not healthy for you. That's not healthy for me. We shouldn't interact that way. We, the Bible's very clear in Romans. Paul says, man, we, we really ought to look to one another and understand that everybody around us has certain gifts and abilities and talents that far exceed ours in certain areas so that we have a right perspective of one another. It's healthy. It's better. We're able to have mutual respect for one another than in that way. Paul says, we, however, will not boast beyond measure. He says, we're not going to talk outside of this area that God has given us, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us a sphere which especially includes you. Now, Paul is defining then the perimeter. He's identifying the issue and then providing a perimeter for that to work within, the boundaries of that, how that might work. He's Again, he's still discussing the authority that he has in their lives as a pastor, as an apostle, as a spiritual father in their lives. He's, he's addressing this, saying, I... I I really, in the Lord, have this platform, is what he's saying. And he's basically, in ultimately, heading to the place of encouraging them to allow him to continue to have that platform. You see, I know sometimes in council situations, or even in just any type of ministry situation, I only have the platform that I'm allowed to have by you as an individual. That's the only platform I'm allowed to have. Or else I'm forcing my idea or my thought or the word into a person's life. And that's not going to happen. That doesn't work. And so I've learned long ago, I can tell if this, and some people say, well, gosh, how come you just got so quiet about that? Or you didn't say, why should I? Because I'm just throwing information out there that's that's just, it's, it's a waste of everybody's time. You 
have to allow that to take, take place. You see? That's where this idea of understanding healthy authority and the benefit of healthy authority in our lives for all of us. And we are all to be people under authority, all of us. Not just some of us, all of us. It's important for each one of us. Paul's exercising it, saying, hey, look at these people who are forcing this authority on you are not looking out for your best interest. Look at how they even, they've commended themselves. They've thrown out their documentation on how they think they're supposed to have this, this place. And oftentimes, it's by the undermining, isn't it, Paul's saying, even of himself. He's saying, they're saying, he isn't this, he can't do that, he doesn't fit in this. They're missing the whole spiritual dynamic of what's going on and the blessing of it. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we are not overextending ourselves, though he's not physically present. He's saying we're not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in another man's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. So, there are many things that we can listen to, that we can engage in, you know, as believers, right? There's a ton of information out there and stuff, especially in our time in which we live, right? There's tons of different functions we could go to as Christians. There's all kinds of different stuff. But you have to understand, I have no, uh, nothing to do with things I am not endorsing things beyond the things that I'm aware of that are part of the sphere of what we know about. So there's all kinds of Bible studies we can go to. There's all kinds of functions we can be a part of. There's all kinds of things that we can go to. But I can't speak to those things because those aren't the things that I have charge over. You see, I have this area that God's entrusted to me. And I do those things, and I can say, yeah, those things I can talk something about in, in some kind of authoritative or definitive way. But the things that are outside of that, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have charge over those, you see. Sometimes we get so sidetracked by, well, what about this thing? What about this thing? What about that thing? What about well, I don't know. I, I would not know anything about that. Because I'm not there. I don't know anything about what's going on or not going on or these kind of things. It's constant. Because we're bombarded. Think about the things that we can listen to on the internet, for example, that we could listen to. And we've got to be wise about what we're listening to because it's putting information into our spiritual lives. And this is what Paul's saying. We've got to be wise, wise stewards of what's been entrusted to us in totality. So sometimes people will ask me about certain things. I say, well, I, I don't know that much about that. That's not part of my sphere of what I'm supposed to be doing or concerned about. You understand, brothers and sisters, 
I understand a lot of the theological debate that goes on out there. I got to understand, I'm the wrong guy if you want to get into an argument about with that. I just don't, I don't find it to be fruitful. Now, if you came to me, though, and said, Pastor Jim, I've got a question. I heard this, this, and this, and I found it from here, here, and here. And I really, I'm trying to understand because it seems different than something that we learned when we were here, here, and here in our own studies. Now, I have an opportunity to interact in a healthy way because that's a sincere, legit question that's being asked. But to get in arguments or debates about theological positioning and all this stuff, man, we got a dying world that surrounds us. We, and I think it's worthwhile to know what you believe, and we teach through the word. I believe in the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of the living God. And I believe it is contained in these 66 books right here. I'm going to the grave with that, brothers and sisters. I am going to the grave with that. That, that is a non-negotiable for me, absolutely. And I hope for every one of you. Because we're living in a day and age where that is what's on trial. Every day, that's what's on trial. And what weighs in the balance then is who's God? Who's God then? If I take this little piece out of the word of God and say, well, I like that part. That's kind of helpful to me. And I feel warm and sweater fuzzy about it. I feel good about that. So now I'm just going to say, well, I like that, you know. But this other part that seems to kind of cut in and want to surgically remove a, a pet area maybe of sin or something. No, that's just kind of the way I am. That doesn't really fit for, well, now you're God because you've decided what is right and what is good and what is not. God has given us his instruction from his infallible, inerrant, inspired word. Man, it is so important in our day and age that we see it that way. If you do not see it that way, you're going to end up with constant, constant, constant struggle. Because you'll be trying to battle with, well, what's from God? What's not from God? This is God's inspired word. It is truth. There are absolutes. This whole thing of relevancy, it, this is just, it's just rampant amongst us, you know, in our world around us. And then truth is subjective. Well, what do you think? Well, I don't know. What do you think? And everybody kind of sits around and pontificates together about what they think truth might be. What a waste of time. See, that's what happens when you get into too many theological debates about nonsensical things that really aren't going to matter when you look around you, and it's, I think it's a demonic distraction. Not all of it. I believe that apologetics are healthy and, and needed, and we need guys like Don Stewart and some of these other guys that can really help us understand you know, simple uh, biblical truths. and, and I, I'm, I'm all for it. But not every one of us are that. That's a special ability with a brain that's you know, different than some of the rest of us. That's not my sphere. How's that? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> just not my sphere. Uh, we were just at a conference recently where he spoke, and he brings with him. He, he doesn't read out of a you know a New King James or anything like that. It, it, when he reads along, he's got his Greek Bible that he reads along. He's a different kind of fella than a lot of the rest of us. But we need him. 
need those kind of keen intellects and stuff. It's, it's wonderful, but it's still gonna boil down to some simple truth, isn't it, about who God is. It's gonna boil down to who God is in your life. Who is God in your life? Paul is just really bringing this thing in and saying, hey, I can't go into all of these other things, but with you, Corinthians, he said, man, I came and I shared the gospel with you and you came to the Lord. And he goes, a, a, a church birthed. And he goes, I have this platform in your life because God gave it to us. And I, he goes, I'm not, I'm not outside of my sphere here. I'm not, I'm not going outside and trying to build on another person's foundation. He says, man, I'm a team player with you. You see how, how important that is to be a team player with what God's doing in any situation. Too often, it's easy for us to slip off and start doing our thing in the midst of something that God is doing. And then all of a sudden, it's no longer God's thing, but it's our thing. We want to bring it back to that thought in simplicity as we see here that as God does it, and it's all God's thing, all of a sudden, the sphere then increases of how God's going to move and use people and do a work. He says in verse 17, after he's clear about not boasting in another man's sphere of accomplishment, he says, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. That there should be no self-glorying in it, but that it should be strictly about the Lord. For he who commends himself, excuse me, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Really believe in that. I believe in that as a commitment in ministry, in leadership, in raising people up in ministry and stuff. I really believe that that is the truth. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, the Bible says. Promotion comes from the Lord. That God raises up one and puts down another. And we can't decide all that. God knows. God knows what's best. I really believe that as best as we can, we want to function like a theocracy, Letting God rule, letting his spirit rule, letting the spirit move, and letting God speak to our hearts and do the work. And we want to see God at work as we have been seeing God move and do things way past what we could do in and of ourselves because it's not us that we're trusting in. It's the living God. So not self-promotion. Your desire and my desire, we can desire a good thing, but we still have to let God do that work in us, right? It's, it's a good thing to desire to be more engaged even in ministry. But so often we, we decide all of the parameters of how that's going to work and how much time we're willing to do this and how, how all these things instead of going to God and saying, God, here's my life. Here's my life, God. You sort this out and you show me. That's very different. That's what you do when you're under authority both of, of the Lord. Anybody has any military backdrop or anything knows, man, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. There, have, there has to be authority. And Paul's just saying, hey, I have that rightful place, Corinthians. And those that are saying all these other things or whatever, you know, well, he's unreasonable. He won't let this and blah, blah, you know, all these things that go on that are undermining, really. He says, well, you know, really, 
under what authority do they have? Ultimately is the conclusion that you have to go to. And it's really been self-promotion. They've promoted themselves. And the Lord's not going to ultimately honor that. We want to do things that are going to bring glory to the Lord. We want to be wise and not get into self-promotion, but we want to let the Lord raise up, let the Lord promote. It's not the fastest way to do things, especially in ministry. It's not the fastest way, but it's the healthiest way. Certainly we've found that to be true. We don't want to boast in, in you know, another man's or, or build basically on another man's foundation. When we went through 1 Corinthians, those first few chapters, you remember, where he was dealing with division, sectarianism, you remember that? And what did he say? There's only one foundation that can be built upon, and that is the foundation, the person of Jesus Christ. One watered, one harvested, either way, it's all God's. So that, that's important to remember. And be wise not to compare against one another. Somebody's going to get put down then um, on, on an individual basis that's not right, and someone's going to puff themselves up by putting someone else down. And he says that's, that's not godly. I think the last thought that I would, I would encourage with that is not looking at things according to just the outward Really look at things from a spiritual perspective. What really is going on? What's happening, really? Quick little side note, and we're going to close with this thought. So last night, finally gone to sleep. It's about 8.30. And uh, <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Uh, I've wrestled for three minutes, and I've finally gone to sleep. And uh, 11 o'clock, middle of the night by then, <laughs> my little beagle just needs to go outside. Oh, that's a horrible thought. I put on my slippers, put on my down jacket. It's very frigid. I know what'll happen. I'm gonna wake up. You know? You know how that cold air hits you in the face? It's like, oh no. I live in a condominium complex. I, I have to walk my dog when it needs to go, when it needs to go out. And I go walking my dog out. So she does her thing. I bring her back in. I'm thinking it's just a you know quick trip out and get back in and you know, this is over. And you guys are going to think this is really funny. Not, maybe not, but I mean, to me, it's a very serious matter. But the, it's just amazing how things can go. So I go. Now I'm relegated to another portion of the house where I've got to try and kind of just cool my jets and try and get back into a sleep frame of mind. But that's not all. She really needs to go out again. Okay. She does not say these words, but she's a lot of indicating factors, you know. She gets up my lap. She licks my face. She just, you know, she, I know she needs to go out again. So, oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. So I go back out. I take my dog out again. So I'm thinking, okay, for sure we're done now. We've covered all the bases we could cover. We're back in, you know. So now we're back in. I'm going back through the bedding down process in my mind. This dog just is like gone El Diablo on me, man. I mean, she's just, you know, and she's not like that usually. 
And then I'm laying there thinking, what in the world? And I'm serious. The Lord reminded me, Saturday night, man. You don't have little kids anymore in the house that are waking up barfing and stuff because it's Saturday night and you've got to get up and preach in the morning and got a lot of other activities and functions and ministry things going on. This is my point. The enemy will move through all kinds of things, but it's easy to just see it from a very practical, I'm, I'm reducing this, I know it sounds really base and basic, I get it, but, but it's true. The enemy will, will move through your, your pets, it sounds silly, but it's true to cause distraction and, and to just interference and to get you sidetracked and to cause you to lose sleep, you know? It sounds silly, but it's true. All of a sudden, everything can be going great. And then all of a sudden, there's a harsh word between husband and wife. Now nobody sleeps good at Saturday night. It was a good day. Now it's gone bad. Now we've got to try and go to church and put on our happy church face, you know. And, and you, you, this is where we live. This is real. And the only reason I'm saying that is even from the most simple, basic things, Am I? I was reminded, and God knew where we would be in Scripture. He knew where we were. He knew what, what, what we were teaching. The Lord reminded me of this last night in the, middle, in the wee hours of the night at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Getting older is really weird. Oh, man. But I'm up at 3. You need to text or anything? I'm up. I'm, <laughs> I'm running around the house looking for something to do, so... There's a spiritual thing in in motion. And a lot of the things that we have going on around us, remember to see it through the vantage point of distraction. Is this this God? Is is this the enemy? And, And then I'll give you one last thing with this. Press through it. Press through it. Don't let it get you. Press through it. Keep moving with the Lord. I know this is super practical. I know this is super basic, but press through it because those things, those distractions, those things that try and interfere, that realm of the Spirit will always be on this side of eternity because He wants to distract you and I from the things that God's wanting to do. He's wanting to pull us down and pull us away from the blessing of the gathering of the saints. He wants us to miss out on hearing great beagle dog stories and so on, you know. He wants to distract us from this, what we spoke about in those verses today. His word, it's living, it's powerful. Thank you for tuning in today and for listening to the radio program, for listening to God's Word. And I know God has a perfect plan for your life, and it starts, really, by giving our hearts to the Lord. If you've not given your heart to the Lord, or you're just in a place where you're, you, you have a sense that you're distant from God, and you just want to open your life up to the Lord, you know, the Word says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. 
for he will abundantly pardon. Isn't that great to know that we have a God that's full of grace and mercy, that he's willing to pardon all of our sin, to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. It's a simple prayer just to give your life to Jesus. Man, all things become new when we give our lives to the Lord. If you just pray this simple prayer along with me, Jesus, I want to open my heart up to you. I want to ask that you would forgive me of my sin, my unrighteousness, that you would pardon me. I thank you so much for that grace and mercy that you've shown me. Lord, thank you for the love that put you on the cross, that you did that willingly for me. And Lord, again, I I just open my heart to you. I receive you as my personal Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for that free gift of everlasting life that you've given me. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.